0: Hello and welcome to Drafting the Dregs. This is your podcast slash video, live stream, sounds weird to say, for uh, all things EPL Draft Fantasy. We have the regulars with us today. We've got Mick, we've got Gilby, and we've got Dave. Gentlemen, uh, how are we doing this week?
1: Yeah, looking forward to Friday. Um, Always a good time of year to draft and then have my hopes dashed a few weeks in.
0: So what's happening Friday? I've... That it's just a normal Friday, isn't it? Is, is something big happening?
1: Yeah, well, time for a new season. Time for hope to spring eternal and last <laughs> three, maybe four weeks if I'm lucky. Time to stretch the yeah,
2: DCL and wait another 38 weeks before you decide to drop him.
1: Well, he did look good in his Versace on that fashion campaign, whatever it was. I think he's wearing some kind of vampire robe or whatever that was. I don't oh. even know what that was. Um, but yeah, ben, apparently he loves fashion more than worry. he loves getting on the pitch and scoring goals. David was. Went and lost. He's ben the ben fashionista
0: ben, here. Ben
2: Everson went and lost four nil, and I'm pretty sure he's been rested for the rest of preseason because he's carrying a nickel already.
0: Well, didn't yep, Ler- ben, tenth round draft pick if he's lucky. Didn't Lampard absolutely have a go at the team after that? Good good management style. I like it.
3: Yeah, it didn't take any of it on personally. I think he blamed all the players and not himself. So that's going to go down well.
0: Very good. Well, I guess this is probably time for the um, one person that might be watching this live stream and the two new people that might listen to maybe have a chat about why, we, why we're why doing this, uh, why we are podcasting live streaming, why we want to talk about EPL Draft Fantasy. Um As a bit of context, you know, we've the four of us here, plus some others have been doing this for quite some time. We've had a a draft fantasy league for a little while. Um, But, boys, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is really, uh, we really wanted to do this so that we could share our experiences drafting, so that we could share, uh, you know, the enjoyment we get out of it and have a bit of banter as well throughout the season. But I think we want to take people along for the ride for our our draft uh, itself and sort of get people thinking about you know, draft fantasy as a bit of an option and hopefully get people invested in the league that we have and that might inspire them to get their own started up. Does that sound fairly reasonable?
1: Oh, there's nothing I'd rather do on my weekend, boys, so I can't speak for anyone else, but I can't wait. Looking forward to spending the next hour talking about it too on a Tuesday night.
2: It, it's a great podcast to listen to, to learn what not to do.
1: Okay.
0: That, Is that from
2: every true. manager or just you? I mean, we all lost to Nathan last year, so there's at least seven of us that know what not to do.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, two of us out of the podcast have won titles before, and two of us are multiple champions. Uh, the other two have not yet got there. Um, so you can work out which two to listen to and which two to not.
0: Yeah, we won't. We won't have any spoilers, but I'm sure you know, Dave. You've you've already started doing a lot of planning for this year.
3: What's planning? What year?
1: What? What game are we playing? So wait for Dave to draft a Watford striker with his uh, fifth pick. That'll be good. Yeah, Mate, I don't know who the Watford
3: strikers are. We signed about 18 of them last year and that didn't help. And I think they've all uh, either been sold or gone out on loan again. So anyway.
0: Very good. Well, we might get stuck into what is actually going to transpire on Friday because as was mentioned, we are doing our drafting this particular Friday. Now, it is going to be a week before uh, the EPL season kicks off. Um, usually, we in the past, we've done it basically um, sort of the day before or, or the night of, depending when the, the first game is. So it's a bit different. Um, but, Gilby, would you like to maybe take us through what the draft night will entail how we're sort of setting that up for ourselves, how we like to go about drafting, because it is a little bit different from what a lot of people might do on the Draft Fantasy EPL website.
1: Yeah, so we set up our own uh, spreadsheet to do our own kind of style of drafting. We still follow the structure of the official Fantasy Premier League site uh, to do most of our legwork. We have in the past done our own legwork, where I think all of us at some point had to manually type in points for all 20 teams into a spreadsheet, uh, which is always a fun weekend. Um, But (laughs) thankfully, we're doing it a little bit differently now, doing an automated style. We saw Um, the light. Yes, yeah, got there in the end. Um, I think Nick at one point was adamant it was an advantage to type into the spreadsheet. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, so, the first thing we're going to do is we are going to spin a wheel. Um, well, we'll hold, on,
0: fr- hold on, hold on, yep. hold on. The first thing I believe we're going to do is eat pizza. Okay. Um, potentially present Nathan with a trophy and a jersey. We might come on to that a little bit later. So there's a few other things that are happening before that, Gilby, that you know are important parts of the night, well, catching I mean, up.
1: You take it away, off you go.
0: Well, actually, what I'll do, I'll save this to later on when I'm talking about drafting with mates. How about I do that? I do apologise, but uh, uh, the other part of it, Gilby, is that we've got nine people in the draft, two of which are going to be off-site for the draft and online, so Mick and Dan. Um, you boys are going to be in Rocky, Rockhampton, for those international listeners, so many of you. Um, ha- how's your night sort of panning out over there? Have you guys talked much about it? Uh, zero. At, at this rate,
2: we're, we're just as likely to be both phoning in separately rather than together. Um, you you guys live like
0: 100 metres apart though, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's literally like about 280 metres in a straight line. Okay, um, but yeah, that, that, that's how organised we are around here. <laughs> uh, the laid-back lifestyle that is Central Queensland. Uh, we'll work it out about 4 o'clock Friday. I'll send you a, a message and we'll see what
0: happens. Well, that I guess that leads back to Gilby. We're going to be at your place. You've kindly hosted the last few years. So, yep. sorry, let's set the scene. We're all in your media room,
1: uh huddled together. Uh, um, it's going to be pretty tight this year with a yep. couple more people than last time. I think, Dave, you, go you're, to you're to going to be room. sitting we'll on my lap. Oh, that happens lucky. normally anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. By the end of the uh, night, yeah. <laughs> um, depends how lucky you're both feeling. Um, so <laughs> th- what will happen is the first thing after we've eaten an excessive amount of pizza, I'll probably put on some snacks as always. Um, I'll give Dave his own large bag and that always happens. Um, so the first thing we'll do, we are going to spin a wheel. Now on that wheel is a person's name and the number of times you appear on that wheel is equivalent to your finish last season. So unfortunately for um, Ben, he was last last season. So his name appears nine times out of nine people. So that means he has the best chance of getting the first opportunity to select his preferred drafting position. Now, most people would think that if you come up first, you may just say, I'm gonna draft first. But the other part of our draft, I think this is actually automatically the case in most people's drafts, but most people's drafts would go snake order, which means if you draft first and pick, say, Salah or KDB or any of the other big hitters, it means in a nine-person league, your next pick is going to be pick number 18. So that means if you draft ninth, for example, you're going to get picked nine and 10, and then eighth and so forth and all the way out. All right, so that's our first thing. I'll be really interested to see which positions people select. I've read some articles about what people think the best position to draft from is. And a lot of people are adamant that it's number three or four. So it depends on the data and your preference. Some people like having two picks in a row. Other people like having a pick and a break, whatever your strategy is. Um, there's all sorts of arguments out there for different things. Once we've done that, we will start our draft up and uh, generally we sort of informally say about 30 seconds a pick so it doesn't take all night. We'll have a break about halfway to either realise how terribly you screwed things up or maybe just go to the toilet and hope for the best after that. Um, and hopefully by the end of the night, we'll have 15 players in a squad, uh, five defenders, five mids, three strikers, one goal, two goalkeepers, sorry. Um, and best of luck from there.
3: I think that's something that we need to probably discuss now, if you don't mind. Isaac, in the past, like Gilby said, we go about 30 seconds a pick. We do have a clock on. Um, We're slightly lenient, but we do put the pressure on once it hits that 30-second mark. But we also have, uh, in the past, had an opportunity to stop the clock and have a think about it and get some extra time. We've not discussed that so far this year. So are we allowing people one stoppage or two throughout the night, thoughts?
2: Well, we we normally do what the Premier League and the rest of the leagues do and we'll have a World Cup break about eight rounds in, won't we? As normal, we will have a a proper scheduled midway break where everyone can reset, grab a drink, do whatever they need to. Um, But I think normally we allow one You get at least one lenient, yep, we'll give you an extra minute or whatever it is. Um, I guess that's the benefit of doing it off our own board. We get get the ability to do that. If you need to call it in, you can call it in. Um, You don't have to necessarily, doesn't auto pick if you're not there. So benefit to that one.
1: And I think in the past, we've kind of had that in there as well as a bit more flexible, particularly the last couple of years because a fair few of us are fathers now. Um, So we can't exactly just say, take care of the kid for another few minutes. So I need to decide who to pick. Um, as much as our lives will probably last maybe another night or two of that, we did say that. Um, yeah, that's for our own safety, both mentally and physically.
0: Yeah, I'm liking all that. I mean, I think in the past, wasn't it a minute even that we did? Like, minute picks, like, it gets tougher the further down the drafting you go. And so I think we, like you said, we've been pretty lenient. And I think that'll continue. We'll just have a good time doing it. Um, you might get presented with a tricky one early on. I know last year when I when I had my first pick and I had a couple of big hitters to to decide on, took a bit of time. But overall, I think we'll be okay. It'll be a fun night, and uh, I'm pretty happy with that. I think it'll go all right. I think it'll be fine. Um, now, in terms of in terms of preparation, boys. I think uh, it's time to chat about that. So a lot of us uh, do struggle with a bit of time, but ideally, I'm going to go to Dave here because it's always a fun question to ask. Ideally, Dave, if you had all the time in the world to prepare for this thing, what would you be doing to prepare for the draft? If
3: I had all the time in the world, what I would do is, I mean, there's, there's any number of available resources relating to, the official auction Premier League game and um, the stats around players. There's less when it comes to draft and with the draft format, there's a number of different scoring formats as well. One year we tried Fantrax scoring, which is probably the most popular. Um, We currently use the official scoring, which kind of gives less value to defenders than Fantrax does. So if I had all the time in the world, I would look at the official FPL stats from the past year or couple of years because that's the scoring metric we use. Uh, I would make my list of as many players for each position as what will be required for the entire draft. So we're going to need... We've got you know nine people in our draft. Each team's going to have two goalkeepers. So I would make my list 1 to 18 of my draft order of goalkeepers. I'd do the same thing for defenders, midfielders and strikers. And then I'd go through a process of trying to combine them into one long list. Um, There is also a school of thought that you can keep those positions separated and rank your goalkeepers into absolutely God tier, second tier, third tier, Michael Gilbert drafting tier um, and do that for uh, your defenders. Two, par- mid-
0: two players per tier, I believe. <laughs> yeah, Gil-
3: that's here. right. You can do that for you know every position. Yep. That also has its merit, but the way in which you're going to do that, and I don't want to give too much away now, will come down to what you've got in mind for how you're going to actually conduct your drafting on the night.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point. And Gilby, so how much of that preparation can be undone by...
3: The good thing about being a video format, Isaac, is yeah. that literally everyone who's watching can see that you're on mute. So I don't need to tell you.
0: I'm definitely not on mute. No, I can hear him. Yeah, I can <laughs> Can you hear me, Dave?
3: I can hear you. Can Perfect.
0: you hear me, Dave?
3: I can hear you. That was okay. awkward. Hey, Dave, can you hear me?
0: Now, luckily, uh, in the podcasting medium that we also do this in, because it's audio, everyone can hear this whole conversation that we've just had.
3: Except me, obviously. Yeah,
0: correct, correct. I was just going to throw this to Gilby. I mean, how much of that preparation can just be undone by the picks that come before you? I mean, does it does it make sense to go to all that trouble, as Dave said? And I mean, when i say all that trouble it's important to do a bit of research and go through that process but how much of that is just undone by picks before you have you been in that
1: situation I haven't been. I'm generally um, pretty good. I like to think drafting is one of my strengths. Uh, I've had plenty of other weaknesses, as we've pointed out many times, but drafting is one of my strengths. There have been famous cases in the past of managers who have been completely thrown by previous selections. I think one of our managers, the one that occurs to me, is Jeff. Um, who has won the title twice, and there was a famous one where Dan, another one of our managers, uh, took Aubameyang with his first selection, and Jeff <laughs> was had one of those ones where he had set, in his mind, he had set the first eight selections, and he said that was solid, they were going to go that order, and he was confident. And when they didn't, and Dan took Aubameyang, uh, Jeff – completely lost his cool and proceeded to draft the worst team I've ever seen in my life. I think it was that
0: same draft that I ended up taking KDB just before his pick, and that's what he then wanted. And so he was totally thrown, and it was was interesting
1: to watch. (laughs) There have been plenty of cases like that in the past, yes.
0: Yeah. And so, Mick, when you're constructing something like Dave said, so like a big list of of your priority picks, things like that, what sort of data should we sort of look at and you, to use potentially?
2: I mean, I, I've done it multiple ways across the years. Um You'd think I would have gone back to the ones where I was successful, but no. Um I mean, in terms of <laughs> <laughs> quickly, th- this year I think, like I said to you guys off camera, is nine people, five defenders per team. There's 45 defenders, 45 mids, 27 forwards. All I'm going to do is make sure I know what my best 45, 45, and 27 are. Regardless, when it comes to that round 15, my last pick, one of those players should still be available. I never have to look outside those. Solid chance that you guys are going to have a different 45. I'm going to have options. But within those 45, I'm going to rank – I'm going to go into a bit of Gilby here and go probably go into like tiers and be, okay, if I've got someone in this top tier available, I don't need to look at the next. Where it's going to go hard is – or get harder, I should say, is when do I move from mids to forwards to defenders to goalkeepers? But that's up to me. And I've said it previously what my – I guess strategy is more likely to be this year to give myself variety and ability to trade in the free agency. But previous years in terms of trying to, I guess, create that list I've done, I've kind of gone through and tried to rank teams. So I've got like your your traditional top six. You'd probably go more so maybe top three or four this year. You got your Liverpool, your Man City, your your Tottenham, Chelsea's, um, Arsenal menu are probably thereabouts in terms of fantasy value, but not quite. I've done that, and then I've gone okay. Well, who's who's the premium midfielders for those? Um, and then done the same for lower teams. So like your Leicester's, your West Ham's, your Everton's—they're that next rung of teams. Gone through their premiums, their, their second tier then their defensive mids. Done all the way down, and effectively created like a number scale where I can create. Okay, so like the second, a second tier player from a Man City might be equivalent to a top tier player from a Leicester. And then a top tier player from a equivalent of Watford or West Brom, if they were in the Premier League, is only equal to a Rodri from Man City. Now, obviously,
3: jump in now. (laughs) Absolutely, Uh,
2: Watford fan, Dave.
3: So, (laughs) interestingly enough, the the joy of being a live format and talking about you know ideal preparation and. Nick jumping in and talking about Watford. I think one of the things that I do, and I'm sure you guys do, is follow the socials of various teams. Yep. I have just, being a Watford fan, had pop up on my phone a notification from um, the Come On You Orns uh, website.
1: Is that saying, we- Dave, you've been banned? <laughs>
3: Yep, no, it's not
1: stop sending the horns. inappropriate
3: videos. It's not only horns, it's the other one. Um <laughs> Everton are interested in Dennis. So whether well, or not that happens and goes through before Friday um <laughs> remains to be seen. But well, they need to sign yeah. somebody. They need to Karkowski's sign somebody, not but, cut it. Uh, Watford also need to hold on to people, but yeah, you know, while we're while it's relevant and we're talking about you know preparation. I think, you know, keeping as up to date as possible with likely moves um, is probably a good where I start talking
1: about Draxler, Dave.
3: I mean you can.
0: (laughs) That got Dave really excited today.
2: So going back to it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. That's how I kind of rank my players. So that's how I've done it in the past. And to be honest, it kind of worked. Um, but like you'll be alluded to at the start, back then I was doing a lot of the, the number grinding, the data entry. And I honestly do think it did help. I could see those players that had been on a run of four or five continuous, um, I guess, scoring streaks or not even scoring streaks, but fantasy scoring streaks, whether they were getting bonuses, clean sheets, goals, assists, whatever it might have been. Um, and not, not necessarily from the premium guys because you, you hear about them, but it's those guys like the equivalent of Jared Bowen after four rounds last year, not after 16 rounds where he was the third top scorer or whatever it might have been. So um, that, that's how I have done it previously, and I think that's probably one of the easiest ways to do it. But the, the hardest thing is always it's it's easy to rank within within a position. So it's easy to rank all your mids it's hard to then work out, okay, where does TAA sit in the mids? At what point? Is he better than a Madison? Is he better than a human son? Like what's the value to that? So that's where it gets hard. Um, That's where you've got to kind of consider what's been taken before you. Can it wait, particularly if you've got say pick eight, can you risk ninth manager? With nine and ten, and that place still be available at eleven, so yeah. that that's a bit of a hard one. Um, in saying that, I've had my list before, and I've had six names on the front page, and still gone onto the second page and completely disregarded them. So it also comes down to like if you've got three Man United players already, and James Sanchez on the board, well, do I want another one? Probably not. Keep skipping down. So knowing yeah. our league, it's always hard to make manager to manager trades. So yes, you could pick up Sanchez, being like he's the best available, but. Are you going to get anything in return for him? Probably not. You're going to be stuck basically being as successful as Man United, probably. Do you want that? No.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I think what you've said is a really good way to go about it, and that is the skill that I'm drafting. Like you, you can put your list together, but you have to decide well where does the value actually lie in com- when you're comparing different um, different positions. Because I mean, you've got to pick five defenders. You've got to pick five mids. Uh, that's where the bulk of your players are really coming from. So, you know, that's really the skill of it. And and there's lots of places nowadays to go and get data. So I think like the Draft Society, you can go and, and grab like, you know, a list of uh, what they're saying uh, should be the draft order, theoretically. You've got something really similar on uh, the EPL official draft website as well, where they come up with a list of, you know, what they think the draft order potentially will be or the priority order that it will revert to if you don't make a pick when you're going through that website. You can find XG, X, every, every, all of the Xs everywhere. Um, Dave knows all about that. So it's really about coming up with the data that works for you to make those decisions and everyone does it differently. I mean, I do very similar things to what you guys have said, but then I might put mine in a format that makes a bit more sense to me. Um, so that gives me flexibility. Um,
3: Interpretive dance is how Isaac yeah. prefers it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Lots of hand gestures and Mm. things like that. So I guess that leads me on to the next thing where if we look at approach for the year, we've already discussed approach for the year, but I want to open it up into for the whole year, not just the draft, but for also strategy for the season. And this is something I wanted to put forward to you guys. My, My thought, as I've been thinking about this more and more, my thought process has been, draft for the long term and then waiver for the short term. So if I'm trying to draft a team on Friday, I'm putting a whole sort of whole season approach to that. So which players do I think are going to get me get the most points throughout the entirety of the season? And then when I get into the season proper and we start actually, you know, trying to get points from our players, wavering and bringing in free agent players for short term gains. And deciding which of my original players I need to ship out to get those short-term games. What what do you guys think about that approach? Does that it is that something that works for you yeah. guys? Yeah, I think so.
2: Um, I mentioned it in the pod we did last week that if you're watching a video here, you wouldn't have seen. But yes, in that sense, yes. I guess what I said, and I alluded to this last year as well, is 10 of my positions are long-term, effectively. Going to be held unless injury happens or trade bait happens or whatever it might be. But they're basically guys that I'm like, I'm happy to hold the rest of the year because free agency won't have a better player than this player. The fifth defender, the fifth midfielder, the third forward for me are short term. So when it comes to draft night, I'm looking at, okay, who has good matchups the first one, two, three weeks? That's my short term look. Um, and I think we even have to look at that from day one so I think when we're doing the draft when we've got through 12 players you can look at your team and say okay well this is my team now is there anyone that has a good matchup round one that makes this better if it does pick them up otherwise you're not what's the point of picking a fifth mid who doesn't have a good game they're going to sit on your bench and then you're going to pick up someone in round two that has a good game so I think that that's going to be more of my strategy and I've kind of tinkered with a little bit I'm not quite sure now midfielders I think that's my role it's four mids because they have always traditionally been your premium defenders obviously came into it a bit more last year but I'm still wondering okay is it better to have three good solid defenders and rotate the other two because particularly when a West Ham you wouldn't say there are premium defenders or an Aston Villa if you get a Matty Cash or a Dino or whatever if you get one of them playing against a um, Fulham, for instance, maybe not Fulham because they were so dominant last year, but Norwich of last year, well, you're, you're a good chance of getting assist and a clean sheet. For that one week, they're a premium. So I think it's one of those that you got to kind of look at. Once you get to those last rounds, 12, 13, 14, and 15, you are looking for the first three weeks. So I think that's something I'll be looking at this year is to have a list yep. of the matchups, particularly for the first round. And then after that, I can trade that player out. It's a one-hit wonder for
0: them. Okay. Fair enough. I see that working. I mean, there's lots of different ways to go about it. And again, you need to be looking for those players in the season that are going to go on a run. And you've sort of got to gamble a little bit on that at times on players that you think might, even if they're maybe not in a great team. Um, you know, Gilby, I know you always talk about getting the best players from a lower team, um, which is something that, you know, has served definitely served you well throughout the years. Um, is there any science in actually picking who those players might be that might go on that run?
1: Um, it's a little bit of heart and head going together. Um, it's, you can rank people according to statistics and we've mentioned that before. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, in the end it comes down to feel. Um, we've all had moves we wish we didn't make in the past or moves we wish we had made that we didn't. And um, we can spend hours going over that. Um, but I mean, this year for me, what I want to try to change up a little bit, um, I'm still going to do my, um, my preparation, still going to do the numbers, still going to read the articles where I can. Um, bit more time limited than I was before. But even if that wasn't the case, um, my approach this year is to remember that this is just a game and not take it so seriously and yep. not take myself as seriously either and try and relax and have more fun with it. Um that's yep. my approach this year.
0: That's really good advice to be fair like and I listen to lots of podcasts uh read lots of articles like where there are lots of people who are really deep into FPL maybe just the the general usual game or as opposed to draft but um You know, a lot of them are really taking it really seriously, which is great. A lot of them probably get paid a little bit of money to do it too, but it is a game. We're doing this with mates. There's nine of us. It's going to be a really good time when we draft. And uh, I think there'll be lots of banter uh, throughout the season. So, boys, we'll keep rolling. Um, And I do have uh, a bit of an issue where my charge has gone walkabout. So I'm being very deliberate in keeping this moving tonight. I do apologize, gentlemen. Uh, But, Mick, we tasked you with putting together a top nine for the draft. So the order in which you think players are going to be uh, taken, starting at one and going down, um, do you think that's the best way to go, starting with who you believe the top pick will be? I've got 10 names written here. Oh, Um, hold on. That wasn't... Yeah. There's
2: an explanation between nine slash 10, which... Oh, in has this honestly, got to do with your Havertz
0: Sterling thing last year, where you're nah. like, "No, Sterling was my ninth and eighth
2: pick. No, <laughs> Havertz was. No, it's <laughs> it's relevant to transfer rumor, I guess. But okay. I think, well, hit us with it. I mean, I, I haven't got them in full order here yet. Um, all right. What what I would say is, looking at it, to me, there's a pretty clear top four slash five. All right. Well, I let's think in, there. Terms, in terms of that wheel, I think. How, how
3: well, clear is it if you don't know if it's four or five? <laughs> <laughs> how clear? Okay.
2: <laughs> fair, fair cool. Okay. So you've got Mo Salah, yeah, song, yep. Harry Kane,
0: mm-hmm.
2: KDB. Yeah. So there, there's four premiums. Who's the, who's the fifth? If any one of those gets picked up. You're happy with them at pick one, and you'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. I can see reason for that. Fifth one, Erling Haaland. Okay. New transfer, there's a little bit more risk to that. To that, in saying that, is there much risk to that? Probably not. So, I
1: don't and think Kobe's that's necessarily not
2: a number one pick, but I do think he's probably clear of that next bracket of players. So, I think he's probably safe in that kind of top four. And if someone wants to reach a little bit higher to get him at a three four, I can understand that. So that that's kind of my top five, and i i I can't see can't see many players breaking that. And if they do, and I'm in sixth, I'm more than happy to take one of those five. The next run of players, and this is where it gets a little bit more interesting, is I've got TAA, Robertson, Cancelo. Ooh, so there's okay. eight. Um, the other player I'm missing out. I don't know the other two. Now this is where the the one I said is a little bit of a depending what happens. I've currently got I've currently got Ronaldo there. Oh, okay. So a hard one because yep. he's a massive risk if you pick him up at seventh and he leaves the league. Yeah. I know what it's like to That's draft it. without a premium player, <laughs> and <laughs> I did well enough, but it's not great and fun. It's hard, and you have to get lucky with every other pick after that to make up for it. Um with that, the caveat is, and I'm hoping we've said there's a little bit of you can what you can do around that. If it changes before Friday, so be it. But I think, and I'm still not sold on this one necessarily. If Ronaldo leaves, Bruno's probably the option at Manu purely because he's a guaranteed pen taker, and Manu gets a lot of rubber to the green in terms of penalties. So I think he'll play that number ten role. Potentially, could play the false nine. I know Martial's been playing a lot of that. Um, don't get me wrong. A lot of their wingers looked pretty good in preseason, but they're against a second or third string Crystal Palace against a. Uh, a Brisbane Roar or A-League teams that aren't really going to test them that same way. So mm-hmm. I think that, that that's kind of the 10 I've got at the moment. In saying that, I'm sure a Bakayo Saka, a Jared Bowen could sneak into the late part of that round. But I don't think if if out of those 10 players, if they got picked in the top nine, wouldn't be surprised. Okay. So, th- th- so there's my that's- 10.
0: I guess the difference compared to other years would be that we've got some defenders in there. Like we haven't had, I don't think, a defender go in the first round before. So that could be really interesting. Um, that could create a bit of a flow on there, like because it really reduces the quality of those defenders very early. Um as is, is there any heavy hitters that are missing, Dave or Gilby, that we can think of, or are we pretty pretty satisfied with that list. Like um that doesn't I seem too it's bad to pretty, me.
3: Pretty pretty close to the mark without
1: giving too much away. Hmm. Um, Harland is a big risk there. Um, I think, to me, um, I had a look at the data. Um, I will give this part away from my research. Um, but for those people looking at Haaland, um, Harland has only played 28 games a season maximum for Borussia Dortmund in his whole career. Um, so if you think he can play more than that, great. Um, if you think the Manchester United striking position is worth a premium, which it arguably is, great. Um, but if he's your if you're drafting from the first four positions, you ain't gonna get another pick for another 14 selections. So if Haaland breaks down, um then it could be trouble. Um so that's something to be aware of there. No? I think
3: just on that, Gilby. Um
1: We talk about variance
3: quite a fair bit. Let's say Haaland only plays 26, 28 games this year. The games he plays will... You would probably make a fair assumption that he's going to score really well in a lot of them. The games he doesn't play, he's on your bench anyway. Like It's not like he's getting you a... You know, okay, we've got extra subs this year, but it might not be likely that he's going to get you the one pointer that really hurts you.
2: Did When you said those 28 games, was that a league games or was that games in total?
1: That's league games.
2: Okay. Kevin De Bruyne last year played 30. And like Dave's saying, I would still consider him, he was an –
1: Pretty good pick. I realise in points total, he
2: there you go, he finished
1: sixth. Yeah, but Haaland was the 28-game maximum, all right? So that was his best ever season for Borussia Dortmund playing 28. I think last season, from memory, it was 24. Um, so, I mean, as Dave said, I mean, if he scores 30 goals out of those 20 games, which, I mean, the city... Being Haaland and being City, if they score 100 goals, which I think they got very close to last season, you'd think he's probably going to contribute a fair portion of those. The only other caveat I probably have with Haaland, because I know we need to keep moving, um, would be does City change their system around him? Because he isn't a false nine, and they have kind of done that in the past. So City are going to have to either maybe cater more for him or he's going to have to change his game a bit more. And Which one of those two happens, I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, that's the only other caveat with Haaland for me.
2: Pep has come out and said that already. He, he said that they will be changing their style to suit it, but that he also said the same way. Haaland will have to change his style as well. In, in saying that, Haaland is pretty, pretty bloody good. I, I don't <laughs> think he's going to have much of an issue getting there. And as long as those... They're getting cuts back across, he's gonna be there and he's gonna put them away. So I, I don't if, think he's gonna be a top two pick, but I I can I can understand if he goes before any of the big defenders.
3: And what is he like 14, 15 years old? Like yeah. the kid's nowhere near <laughs> his the kids are nowhere near his he, maximum, and he, he's still young enough for someone like Pep to mold him and him still be well, absolutely brilliant.
2: I, I think with with forwards though, unlike defenders there's no risk to play him. So when Liverpool plays Man City, you can play him if Harlan's guaranteed to play, he'll get maybe two points. You play TAA, Man City beat him 4-0, you can get a zero. So I think there's less risk with a a forward. So he can be a set in the figure, even with a TAA. Not that I'm expecting, you'd still play TAA, but there's less downside to it. And particularly with last year, how few and far between premium forwards are. Because if you don't get a premium, you kind of need a starting forward from three teams, three mid to low table teams, so you can rotate to who has good fixtures. So I, 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 I'm expecting him to go in the top five.
1: Well, boys- so if Nick is fifth, then... Harlan it is. <laughs> I think Gilby's gotten our heads, and he's
0: going to like swoop in, pick eight, and pick up Harlan. I think I think that's your strategy. Well done, Gilby. Really, really good work here. But uh, boys, we will move on. Uh, look, I'm going to stop the recording for a second and then start again just to make sure I've got something because my battery is going very quickly, which I was not anticipating. So.